I want to talk from the topic, a house of honor, a house of honor. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6. Here's a very familiar passage. Uh, you're going to love this. I know you know the scripture. I mean, John 3.16 and Ephesians 6 and 2 are one of those scriptures that everybody knows, all right? Uh, how many, does anybody have a, a child or know a child, okay? How many have ever known a rebellious child? Anybody known one of those? How many have ever been one? Okay. And so uh, out of that, you've probably heard the scripture. I want to give it a different angle, but let me read it to you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. You want to read it with me? Come on. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for that is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Uh, we uh, know it's Father's Day. Uh, we, we're celebrating that. Uh, you probably know, you already know after Preston's story that I'm a dad, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, and uh, any granddads in the house? Where are my grandfathers at? How many can say that's like one of the best things in the whole world, okay? It's like, I've heard it said before, if I knew being a granddad was so great, I'd have had my grandkids first, you know? <laughs> I, uh, I have, uh, now as Preston mentioned, we have Abelin who this week will turn 10 months old, Yes, isn't that odd? Ten months? How many goes like that, doesn't it? Uh, and with Avalyn, I'm enjoying her so much. Uh, one of the things that I get a kick out with Avalyn is that she can laugh and cry in the same breath. <laughs> we, uh, as you know, we came back from a vacation. Uh, our family all gathered. Uh, and uh, so on the way back through, we're coming through a customs line. Anybody been through customs in Baltimore before? So it's like a massive line of people. There are people that I don't know who are saying, hey, Pastor Rick, uh, we used to live in Virginia Beach years ago. And then we reconnect, oh, yeah, that's who you are. We're getting a hug and things like that. But we're really making a big stink of things because Avalyn is laughing in the customs line. Because uh, it was cold, and I looked at her and I said, and she thought that was hilarious. She needed a nap. She really needed a nap bad. But she started going, <laughs> and so we laughed all the way through customs. And people are going through the long customs line, and they're looking down at us, and we're just laughing. And it's like it changed the whole flavor of things. How many know grandkids will do that to you, right? And then uh, we also have Malachi. Malachi is 11. Is that weird? My grandson is 11 years old. He was born here in Virginia Beach. He was baptized right there. Um, there are things that he and I love. We do on occasion FaceTime. He lives in Los Angeles. And so we will FaceTime and eat fudge sickles together. Because we both love fudge sickles. It's like our thing our thing. So he knows that there will be fudgesicles in my freezer anytime that he comes, and we will eat fudgesicles together. Uh, he'll come back to my office. There is a shofar hanging on the wall that he loves to blow. Uh, he also loves communion. <laughs> I know you think that's odd, but he loves communion, and so we have communion. How many have seen the little disposable communion cups that we pass out regularly? And, and I'm not, for whatever reason, we're not doing the communion today. Uh, let's do that next Sunday. Is that all right? But uh, he likes those. So we're going to meet on vacation, and he called me and said, Pap. That's what he called me. I'm Pap. All right. Pap, make sure you bring communion. <laughs> so I'll bring a handful of communion, 
And uh, I know that it won't be as religious as sometimes we make it. I know that, okay? But he'll come, Baptist communion? Yeah, I mean, it's like some grape juice and a piece of cracker that tastes like your styrofoam plate, you know? And uh, yeah, and I said, okay, now use communion. The body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, this is what it means. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's talk to Jesus about that. All right, all right. And off you'll go, and you just rip it open and eat it, and I think it's like one of the coolest things ever. So, um, and I'm his pap, it doesn't matter where I am. And, you know, he got a little famous with Disney, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who I am, I'm still pap. I, I rank as pap, okay, I'm talking too much about this. How many would say being, uh, being a grandfather is a good thing? Anybody say that? All right, and uh, being, how many, are, anybody got any grandparents? All right, wave your hand if you got grandparents, all right? Because all my grandparents have went on to be with Jesus. It makes heaven sweeter. Somebody shout amen. All right, so heaven gets greater when we have those who we loved, we've passed on. It's like, yes! I get to see Papa and Mama again. So I've um, had a lot of great moments. I, I'm going to expedite, uh, Stephanie, as I go through this just a little bit. I, we, were, uh, we arrived uh, Monday, very late Monday night. We arrived back uh, from a quick trip to Mexico. Anybody ever been to like Cancun or Tulum? Anybody been there? Lift your hand if you have. Anybody Mexican in the room? All right, I'll just go for that. All right, there we go. So anyway, we were, we were in uh, Tulum. And you might say, well, that's, you know, it's really like one of the, it's, going there is like, you save a lot of money going there. You know, a peso, uh, it takes uh, 20 pesos to make one dollar. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little inexpensive and uh, not because I'm cheap, but uh, I went because the kids decided this is where we want to go. Let's all get together and go. And we had a great time with our family. And thank you, Marshall Washington, for sharing the word last Sunday, brother. Well done. I had nothing but great things. If it was bad, nobody's telling me about it. But we were, we were in there. We were on the webcast watching church on Sunday morning ourselves. So it's hard for me to be away. Uh, but so we went to the ocean, all right? And I know we live at the beach, but this is, it's kind of different. I mean, the water, you can see all the way through the bottom and things like that. So we go to this place and there are, uh, what do you call them, cabanas? It's like these great big giant, you know what I'm talking about? Mattresses we sit on. But when we got there, there was seaweed everywhere. I'm telling you, the seaweed was stacked uh, like knee high for as far as you can see up and down the water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if you go out into the water, you can see the seaweed is just coming. So that, that's an example of the seaweed that I'm talking about. And there are these guys that are out there, and so we're trying to relax. And this is not easy for me, because there are, there's a guy that's standing right out in front of me, and all day long he's got a pitchfork, and he's tossing the seaweed away from the ocean, and that's what he does. And I'm sitting there, I look over at Preston, and both of us just looking at this guy, you know. And I talked to several people while I was there about their work. And, you know, you get in a taxi cab, and you meet this guy who has been driving his taxi. Uh, he's been working for 12 hours plus straight that day. 
And uh, we go to this restaurant, and there are these people that get there like at 7 o'clock in the morning. They do breakfast, they do lunch, and they do dinner. Has anybody ever, anybody ever worked hard before? Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. How many have had more than a job? How many have had two jobs before? Anybody? Has anybody had three? Come on, give me three. Come on. Anybody had three, three jobs? I got, I got three jobs. How many have had four jobs? Anybody had four, four jobs? Anybody? How many have ever worked more than they need, wanted to work, but you had to do it? And I was looking at this guy out there. I was looking at this guy in front of the seaweed. And I'm thinking, I wonder how he feels about the ocean. I wonder what he thinks about it today. I wonder if he has the same feeling while he's doing this. And then we begin to make up stories. You know, I'll bet that he's doing this particular work because he has to do that. How, have I got any people in the room that would do whatever they had to do for their family? Have I got any folks like that that would pick up? Come on, anybody? If you had to work two or three jobs, you know, I go home, I get in my nice bed. One of the other things that, that I like to do if I'm away, and I, I've been out of the country specifically, most every time I've been out of the country, it's for missions work. And I work in the city. And I, you know, I remember one of the first times in the 90s, I was in Peru and I was up on this hill called Gamaliel. And I met this lady, she was a single mom and she had some kids. And she was uh, the director of the women's ministry. And I, we went by to see her. This little church that we were trying to build on this hillside, I went into her house and it was just made out of bamboo sticks and some, some, uh, some kind of roof, thatched roof on top, and she had a hole that they used for a toilet, and she had a rock she had for an oven, and she was happy. Are you in the house with me right now? So, I want to I want to talk to you about some good people. Anybody sitting by somebody that you love right now? Anybody sitting by somebody? Just look at them and tell them, say, I honor you. I want to honor you. Tell them, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. Moms, dads. Okay, and I want to honor all of you today. I mean, it is Father's Day. I'm, I'm going to talk some about men, but at the same time, I think we kind of lost this. Can I tell you this? Just at the outset, I think our culture has a struggle with honor. I'm not sure we understand what it means to honor. And I also don't know that we all really get how powerful it is to be honored this need that we have. So I want to talk to you about it. And, and I also want to talk about, since it's Father's Day, and I want to talk about uh, the reality that all of us should have two dads, and we might have three or four or five, okay? But three dads specifically, your father. How many, have, how many in this room have ever had a father? That should be everybody, okay? And some of you are saying, well, you don't know about my daddy. Well, I may not, I mean, maybe there was a guy that was in your life that has disappeared, okay? Maybe that's true. However, there's probably somebody else that appeared. Does that make sense? Uh, anybody had like, you know, I don't even know how to work these terms out. Have you ever heard the term stepdad? Anybody ever that? So, you know, what does that mean? A guy that steps on you? I mean, what does that mean? Uh, stepdad, somebody who stepped into your life. All right? Somebody that stepped up, all right? But your father, you might, then therefore you might have one or two fathers, and then spiritual fathers, okay? Listen, when I come here uh, pastorally, my job is, is spiritually very much paternal, okay? It's interesting that if, if, you don't, if you can't love people as your children, you don't want to lead in the church. 
You don't want to because you'll get close to people. You'll love them. I got some people in this room right now that are great spiritual fathers. They're individuals. I'm looking around the room right now and they're folks that look to you, people that are drawn to you, people you have cared for. How many know there's some dads in this room that are spiritual fathers to you? Do you understand that? Because if you are a part of the family of God, you're going to be around some people that you're going to have to look to in a paternal way. Some of you are that because that you're seniors, okay? And I'm looking back there, I see Brother Dave Higgins. Dave, you have loved so many people over the years, all right? You've been a spiritual father to so, come on, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, that guy has had so many individuals. I mean, there have been people, I'm going to tell all the stories. There have been people who've taken advantage of him, and he loved them anyway. Anybody got those folks? Anybody have some of those folks? Because if you're a father, just so you know, if you expect people not to take advantage of you, surprise! All right? Uh, and then... You have your heavenly father, right? So if you don't have a spiritual father, you don't have somebody you call an earthly father, somebody thank God for Abba Father. These guys are all important and very important. I think this is important because some of you have a paternal father, but you have another father who has raised you that's your daddy, your, your legacy giver, your provider. And then you have a sp spiritual fathers, men who fathered you in the Lord. These, I wanna, let me look at those two today. I want to spend some time with the Heavenly Father. I developed a deeper understanding of this recently uh, in a dream that I had just this past week after I got home. And in the dream, uh, uh, this is especially uh, fresh to us because, you know, today, Diana's first Father's Day without her daddy being here. So that, that's, we're not going to cry, but uh, we might. Uh, we miss him. Uh, August 1st last year, uh, he passed and went on to, be, went on to heaven. Uh, but we miss him, and when he was living with us, he was always sitting right over there. And uh, how many remember Paul Davis? Anybody remember Dad? So uh, uh, it wasn't that he was so much on my mind, but I, and, and I had a, a quick dream. And in the dream, I was with Dad. I was Diana's dad. I call him Dad because he's been a dad to me for a long, long time. So I was with Dad, and he was in the hospital, and I reached over and embraced him in the hospital room. I just reached over and hugged him. And, and then immediately after I stood up, I told him I loved him. I stood up. I was translated uh, uh, 36 years ago to 36 years ago, and I was standing before a guy named Ansel Carter, who pastors a church in Fairborn, Ohio, who hired me as his associate pastor 36 years ago. And I was standing, so I was translating, you know how weird this is. I'm hugging Diana's daddy, and then boom, I'm standing in front of Pastor Ansel Carter, who is now probably 93 years old. Uh, still pastor emeritus at that church and still preaches once a month. Uh, so I'm translating, I'm standing in front of him, but I'm standing in front of him uh, and he is interviewing me for the job of the associate pastor of that church. And he looks at me, and I look down, and there is a vial of fluid that is connected to me that I recognize as something that might have been connected to, my, to dad in the hospital. This is really a weird moment. But he looks at it, and he smiles, and he says, because I see that in you, I'm going to hire you and accept you in a pastoral position. So what happened at that moment, I woke up immediately and I knew what it was. I, I realized that there were fathers that had invested in me that had caused me to have other spiritual fathers and had elevated me to new positions. 
And my ability, listen, my ability to receive the investment from fathers had caused me to be where I am today. Now, some of you, your daddy isn't even in the room right now, but how many want to thank God for an investment that a spiritual father has made in your life? Now, as a spiritual family, I want to tell you this, that until you get to the point that you allow others to invest in you, you will never be elevated to new levels. I got a few amens right there. So um, this scripture then came to me, which I will focus on today. And I want you to see the attitude of this in Ephesians 6. All right? Uh, Honor your father and mother. uh, I want to go back to verse 1. Okay? There we go. Uh, Yeah, hang there. I'll catch up to that. All right? That's my point I'm going to make in a moment. But look at this. Read this. Children, read it. Obey your parents. What? Did you hear that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obey your parents who? Did you see that? It's like, who flipped that script on me right there? Because we tell our children, hey, the Bible says you're supposed to obey your parents. And then he says, you have parents. And I know you're saying, Pastor, you're, you're working on this. Obey your parents because you are in the Lord and they are in the Lord and obey your parents in the Lord. And I want you to catch this because Paul is talking about order and the family and order in our homes. And it seems like there is this suggestion because the Apostle Paul, how many know how many children he had? Okay, I am a descendant of the Apostle Paul. All right? And I got this years ago in 2007 uh, when I was in the Holy Land. I was... Uh, at, uh, I was at the, 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 the Mediterranean and, uh, uh, in Tel Aviv, and I went to a particular place where it was the jail cell where the Apostle Paul would have been held. And I, I went to the diggings where it was, and as I sat there, I thought, this man wrote these scriptures sitting in that particular prison cell that caused me. Somebody thank God. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. Anybody thank God for that? Who wrote that? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it was my great, 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 great spiritual granddaddy, Paul, that wrote that. Then I sat just a few yards away from that, and I considered and I worshiped the Lord. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe we need to get a little bit more spiritually obedient. How many believe it would change our lives? Anybody? So I want you to look at those children. And and this does not discount practical fathers and mothers, right? And the honor, the scripture says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. But it says honor, circle that. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life. So I'm going to focus on honor, and I want you, after what I just shared with you, figure out who you should be honoring and figure out what it could cause if you would. So uh, honor your fathers. I'm going to give you some explanation of why you should do this. I want to begin by saying this. God commands us to honor our fathers. Uh, I like the spirit of this. Don't, don't get the wrong spirit with this because you can get real legalistic in this and say, the Bible says honor your father. And I want you to change just a little bit. I mean, no, honor is a pleasant thing. Anybody believe that? So honor your fathers. Uh, so we don't get to just do this once a year. This is, this is all every day of the years. And, and this scripture actually is a restatement of an Old Testament scripture with the addition of children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Deuteronomy 5 and 16 
In the commandments we see, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may go well with you in the, in the land that the Lord has given you. So the point is this, that this is a commandment that is connected to a promise. God says if you honor your mother and fathers, he gives you two promises, uh, long life and it will be well with you. So, folks, this is the big ticket, right? How many would like your best life now? Anybody want that now? How many would like your best life right now? Shout amen. Uh, so, I, I, in, in mid-July, my dad is going to turn 80 years old. Now, how many know where I'm going to be? Yeah. Why? That's my father, and he deserves honor. Now, it's going to be a surprise birthday party, so don't you tell him, all right? So if, if, if it comes out, I find out I'm after you. So I'm going to be there. And I know I'm older than some of you, and this may not be a popular discussion, but listen. I grew up knowing my great-grandparents, all right? I knew my grandparents and my great-grandparents, and I grew up watching my parents honor their parents. Some people wonder why I have pictures hanging in my house and in my office of those who went before me. And I'm going to tell you in one word, honor. I didn't get here by myself. Somebody shout amen. amen. And I grew up watching my parents honor their parents. How many have parents that grew up poor? Anybody? My parents grew up poor. Uh, how many remember outdoor plumbing? How many have ever seen an outhouse? I'm not talking about a fiberglass one. I'm talking about one made out of wood where you don't want to spend much time. If you had a phone, you would not want to sit in there and use it. Preach. Diana's dad walked to church every Sunday morning five miles. He walked from his house to the West Junction Church. He walked five miles barefoot. Uphill both ways with baked potato in his hands. You know, somebody probably did that. He walked. He told me stories about where he went. I sat with him so many times and he'd tell me these great stories. You know, I knew, not before I, in fact, before... Uh, I before I was ever in a relationship with Diana, before she was ever my girlfriend, I knew her grandmother. Grandma Davis lived to be 107 years old. And, and I, knew, I knew her dad, Paul Davis, because he was my father's right hand at the church that my dad pastored. I watched my parents and Diana's parents honor and care for and respect and celebrate their parents. And Diana's daddy lived to be 88 years old. In 1980... He had, uh, he had quadruple bypass surgery. In 1980, it was like a new surgery. And, and somebody thank God for his life, all right? He had something that was important, something that never, something that needed to be done. So, now, uh, I, I'm telling you all of this because a great part of it was to invest in children. I wrote his obituary myself. Uh, and a, a portion of it simply said this, left to cherish his memory are the children of Paul and his wife Eleanor, including Debbie and her husband Terry uh, and his wife and Gary and her husband, uh, Gary, and her, Gary and his wife Steve and his wife, Diana and her husband, 12 grandchildren, 
21 great-grandchildren, four great-great-grandchildren. How many believe honor makes a difference? Somebody shout amen. I'm just saying that the word of God is true. So let, let me add to this since it's Father's Day. Another reason you honor your father. Honor is one of your dad's deepest needs. Respect is a mega need for guys. It's mega, it's, it's, it's serious. How many have read this scripture in 1 Peter 3? I know the wives are going to love this. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. And I know that's an odd scripture. Now, in saying that, let me just add this. How many know husbands and wives are equal? Anybody know that? I ought to get an amen somewhere. All right. You, listen, you can say anything you need to say to one another. The opinion of women and men equally matter. I'm, I'm building something here, all right? But the point is that when you say something respectfully, it will change the atmosphere. When you say something with honor, if you walk up to someone and say, you know, you're a mess. I really can't stand the sight of you, and you need to get your sorrow anyway. You are not going anywhere. If you're communicating with your vocal levels way up here and you think that somehow you're going to manage conflict, the devil has lied to you and you've bought into it. Somebody shout honor. That's what the scripture is talking about. Let, let me talk to all of us children. Come on, kids. I'm not just talking to wives. I'm talking to children. When you honor your father, even when he doesn't deserve it, it will motivate him to be a better father. But if you demean him and speak down to him, he disintegrates. It's just how we were created. God gave men the need for respect, and he gave all of us as children the commandment to give respect. And when these two things happen, when you put that together, you have a very powerful thing. Thirdly, fatherhood is God's creation. So Genesis 1, 27-28 so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Honor spotlights the God-ordained the, the God institution of fatherhood. In our culture, everything in the Bible is under attack. How many know that? I was teaching this past Wednesday, and through this, and through this question, are you ready? I'm going to ask it again. Are you smarter than God? Now just ask somebody, are you smarter than God? All right? Let me, let me, just, let me check this out, okay? Are you smarter than God? Do you have sex outside of marriage? You didn't answer that question. Because the only reason you would do that is because you believe you're smarter than God. Because, is that okay? Can I preach that on a Sunday morning? Preach, Pastor Rick. Are you smarter than God? All right, here, here's another question. Do you give faithfully? You're thinking, let me see, I don't know. Well, are you smarter than God? His word says we're supposed to honor him with first fruits of our increase, right? Is that what the Bible says? Question, are you smarter than God? Are you honest and forthcoming with people even if it doesn't benefit you? No. Are you smarter than God? Are you living in bitterness or unforgiveness? God says forgive. Are you smarter than God? The answer is no. You see, fatherhood is God's plan. It's God's covenant institution. Our culture says our parents are outdated, and I understand. I wore this shirt today. Anybody like my shirt? 
Makes me feel like I'm in the tropics somewhere. How many old dads need a shirt like this? Anybody know that? I thought, am I going to wear a shirt? Yes, I'm going to wear this linen shirt. I'm going to wear it. That's why somebody usually cries on my shirt, gets makeup all over it and stuff. I'm like the only guy that works and comes home with makeup on his collar and wife says, must have been a good day, you know, but... Because we pray, seek the Lord, right? Uh, what I'm saying is sometimes we think as we age, we get out there. And I think I see Brother Richard Huey right over here. Brother Huey, I want you to know you're a father here at Freedom Fellowship, and we love you, and you're not outdated. Amen. So, I, hey, Dad doesn't know how to use social media. Yeah, but he knows how to get on his knees and call on God. It's God's plan. How I many know God cares about marriage? And God's people care about marriage. And when you're honoring your father, your father, uh, you're standing for a God-ordained institution. I want to say to you, if you're a man who takes your role as a father or grandfather seriously, I want to honor you because you're standing up for the God-ordained institution a fatherhood. You deserve to be honored. Amen? Somebody shout yes. So we don't, we don't, we don't follow the world, we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And fatherhood is essential to every single society that's going to stand, okay? Let me just give you a few facts and we're going to pray, okay? All right, now here's some facts about our fathers, okay? Facts about our fathers. Everybody agree, we all have two fathers. How many agree to that? We all have at least two fathers. Secondly, uh, earthly fathers and our heavenly father were designed to operate together. So men, you can't do this on your own. Can I, sisters, you can't do this on your own. Am I right? Go ahead and say it. I can't do this on my own. God created us in his image. God blessed us. He's the one that said be fruitful and multiply. God made Adam in his image and commanded him to have children. Fathers are image bearers of God to their children. Now you listen, listen, listen. How many know that Adam failed? Does anybody know that? Now Adam failed miserably, did he not? How did that impact Cain and Abel? Negatively, didn't it? they end up born into his brokenness. So how many know that we need to live godly and upright lives for the sake of our children and our grandchildren? Can I get a yes? Okay, thirdly, our view of our Heavenly Father is mostly derived by our earthly father. When you, when you were growing up, your fathers and both of your parents, to some degree, because mothers, how many know mothers are extremely powerful? Can I get an amen? amen. Mama's tough. Uh, Obviously, they matter in, in, in your life. But, but hear what I'm saying. Um, our earthly fathers, whether we realize it or not, are actually modeling, us for, modeling to us what we will believe God is. Did you get that? So this kind of states the same, the same thing in just a different way. What our fathers do impacts our relationship with our heavenly father. If your heavenly father was generous, excuse me, if your earthly father was generous, you naturally believe that your God is generous. If your earthly father was not affectionate, you probably don't believe that God is affectionate. And, and so, so if, if you live, if you have lived with anger and greed and you've been, and there's been, been, your father was vindictive and you were isolated, you may struggle with who God is. Can I get an amen from someone? Some of you are saying, well, why am I having such a hard time with my relationship with the father? I'm, I'm going to help you with this because here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you this. That to begin with, you need to forgive if you had a problem with your father. You need to forgive. Listen, and you need to honor your father no matter who he is. You say, well, you don't know what my father did. I, listen, 
Don't play with me. I know the stories, okay? I did not just show up here in the pulpit to talk to you about this. I'm telling you, I know that some of you walked in this room, and it is tough for me to even say it's a Father's Day celebration. It's tough. But I tell you this, that you honor and you forgive and you get through the bitterness and go ahead and give honor simply because they were there. They brought life to you. That is enough. Because if not, you will end up living a broken life. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you very clearly, no one has ever been healed through unforgiveness. No one. No one. Unforgiveness doesn't heal anything. And you should thank God for the Father you have. Somebody shout amen. amen. All right. I'm going to give you these five attributes that fathers should exhibit which will help their children build a concept of God. One, protecting. Two, providing. Three, affection. Four, modeling. And five, training. Did you get this? Here's the reality. Our earthly fathers are imperfect and our heavenly father is perfect. But I know some of you had terrific fathers. Can I get an amen from someone? And I'm just saying, thank God for that. It puts you at a natural advantage. But understand... All fathers on this planet are imperfect. So here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So here's what he's saying to all of you who think you're perfect fathers. Compared to your heavenly father, you're evil. Got that? So we humble ourselves and we realize that God's going to bless us anyway. Some of us struggle. My mother had a huge father wound. His name was Marshall Smith. Marshall is a great name here, Freedom Fellowship, Marshall Washington. My grandfather's name was Marshall Smith. Marshall Smith was abusive. He, was, he did not provide. He did not model. He did not give affection. Uh, he, 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 was in just, he, he just missed in every area. But I know this, that my mother, though she was hurt, and I remember her grieving over him, I still remember the day that my mother reconciled with her father. She found him in a, in, a, in, a re, in a nursing home, found him at his place of death, and went to him and brought his grandchildren to his side, embraced her father, prayed for her father, and reconciled herself to her dad. Let me close with this understanding. Um, everybody stand with me. I'm going to wrap this up. I just need to, I realize my time is gone. I'm going to give you just a couple of differences because we're talking about an honorable house. So what is going on in your house right now? You say, well, we don't even have a dad. What's going on in your house? I'm going to give you two clear statements and some of you are going to be, deal with this in your own heart. If your house is not filled with honor, then your house is a dishonorable house. Here's what happens in a dishonorable house. No one's listening. Nobody feels like they're listened to. Secondly, yelling and screaming. How many remember a lot of yelling and screaming? Anybody remember a lot of yelling and screaming, okay? No conflict resolution. Nobody's... It's like it's over, you know? No conflict resolution. You can't sit down and have a conversation about things. I mean, some of your kids, you're saying, well, yeah, that's what's going on in our mind. We're going we're to work on that, okay? Unfaithfulness. Probably been people that have been unfaithful, unfaithful to God, unfaithful to one another. We're covenant-keeping people. We wouldn't let anybody else say something to our mama, but we'll say it ourselves. Does that make sense? Uh, mostly a godless family. 
very godless. How many believe that this can be changed? Can I get an amen? Okay, this is what an honorable house looks like. Availability. Conflicts resolved. Ascribing value to one another. Spiritually strong. And God is honored. Is that, how many need that in your house? Anybody need it? Might be a good thing, just kind of write some of that down or take a picture or whatever. Here's what you can do. Take that, post that up on your refrigerator. And then tell your children, tell your family, this is what God wants us to be. Available to one another. Resolving our conflicts. Walking in power, walking in value. Having spiritual strength in our life and constantly honoring God. Bow your heads with me. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Well, your heads are bowed. I want you to know that the word honor really mostly speaks of value. Some of you have grown up in your life feeling as if you weren't valued, as if you did not matter. First of all, God wants you to know that you're, you matter, that you are valuable. Just go ahead and say it. Just say, Lord, I thank you because I've I matter because I'm valued. Say it. I thank you because I'm valuable. Because the enemy has lied to you and told you that you were worthless. But the enemy is a liar. I do matter. I am valuable. So, Father, I pray that you would heal that place in the lives of individuals, fathers and mothers, that you would heal that place in their lives. And I pray also, Father, that because we know who we are because of our Heavenly Father, that we would be able to ascribe value to others. Our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers. Heal the brokenness in our life. Father, there are men in this room, and sometimes as men, we have been hurt and we have been wounded. Help us to know, dear Lord, that even if we have not been honored, that you honor us and you care for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, there are folks in the room right now, and some of you are standing in the house, and you are struggling already. You're struggling because of what's going on in your, house, in your home. Some of you have father wounds. When you've had a father wound, it just stays infected until you can actually give this over to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and heal it. So I speak blessing over you in the name of Jesus. I pray healing for fathers who have father wounds in their life, that God would heal you. And as I give thanks for every man in this room, I speak blessing over the men so that they would see that their home is transitioned because as they bless, they will be blessed. Come, Holy Spirit, heal homes, heal families in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want, I want my altar team to come. Prayer team, if you would come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your help. I know this. I know this as sure as I'm standing here that there are individuals in the room that are struggling. And I want to bless you now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. For some reason, I'm especially drawn towards women that are broken in this room. And even, even as I'm preaching, teaching you this word, some of you are just heavily, heavily burdened. You've got wounds in your life. And I want you to know from the Lord, I want you to know that you're receiving healing today. I want you to know that God is changing things 
He's going to ask you to take steps. He's going to ask you to bless instead of curse, to forgive instead of be bitter. He's going to ask that of you. But he's also by his spirit going to come alongside of you and give you wholeness. He's going to help you with that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know there are fathers that are in struggle as well in this room, and we bless you. We pray that you would know that you were honored. And even if you've been through covenant brokenness, we pray that God would bless you and lift you up and bring healing to your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And we know, I know also that there are those in this room that need to give their lives to the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Come on, let's believe God. Let's say, Father. Say it, Father. I know that you love me. Father, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for loving me. I believe in Jesus. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Come into my life by your Spirit. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. Now come into my life. I confess you as the Lord. I give my life up to you now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know I want to give you some opportunity as we wrap the service up. Those of you that need prayer, I want you to leave your seats and, and swiftly just start moving up to the front and I just break every bondage that holds you now in the name of Jesus.